Welcome to the Indigo Podcast, an exploration of human flourishing at work and beyond. I'm Ben Barron of Indigo Anchor and Cleveland State University. And I'm Chris Everett of Indigo Anchor. For more information, please visit us at www.indigopodcast.com. Today, we're going to talk about Breaking Bad. News, that is. A how-to guide. (laughs) Indeed. So we're going to talk about why sharing bad news is so hard and painful, but we're also going to discuss how it's necessary. Now, we're going to be focusing on bad news that's communicated internally to the organization in this episode. Uh, We're also going to talk about why and how fairness matters with regard to sharing bad news. And, of course, we'll talk about some implications for people, leaders, and organizations. So let's jump right into this. Uh, Sharing bad news. Uh, It's tough. It's painful. But it's necessary, right, Chris? Yeah. And just in case you're having a bad day, this is not going to be a bad episode. This is not going to be like (laughs) the dirge of all episodes. You're like, I don't know. I've had more fun at funerals than that one. (laughs) You face these bad moments, right? Like they happen. But we can keep crashing our faces into a brick wall over and over before mutilated beyond all recognition. Or... We can look at the evidence and say, geez, I don't like getting my face busted up delivering bad news. Well, how can I thrive, right? Because that's what this podcast is about, flourishing at work and beyond. How can I flourish in the giving of bad news? Because that's just, you know, that's a fundamental piece of life. Right. And as a leader or a manager, you will oftentimes be a critical part of that flow of information, that flow of bad news within the organization. Again, we're talking internally. We're not talking about PR, you know, external, talking about, you know, how your organization talks about bad news outside. We're focusing on that internal piece. But as a leader and manager, this is part of your job. It's part of why you get paid the big bucks, so to speak. Nobody likes it, I don't think. Uh, Maybe there's some leader or manager out there who just loves wrecking people's days. But uh, most people really don't like this. And so that person, it's a sociopath. You actually don't want to select those kinds of people for your manager roles some of them get through but gosh don't make the mistake here so it's funny i mean you're if you're doing a good job hiring your leaders and managers then you're probably getting some people who have a little bit of awareness of how other people feel and so forth so they don't like giving bad news Uh, but some people and companies do this very badly and we have two examples for our listeners of some really bad ones so uh you know this first one comes courtesy of the daily beast and we'll post a link to this in the show notes of course uh, but this was something that was widely reported uh, back a number of months ago, I believe. I remember hearing about it. But this was at the scooter sharing startup company, Bird. And, uh, and so, don't drive those. Don't go bar hopping on an electric scooter. <laughs> I mean, just for know, safety I, reasons, maybe. I don't know. You know, they don't let you drink and drive for a reason. This requires <laughs> more agility anyway. Yes, That's just and, a public health note. There you go. We're just trying to help our listeners in all ways possible. So I'm just going to quote from this article because it's shocking. It's 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 a fascinating example of sharing bad news badly. Okay, and I quote, over 400 employees of scooter sharing startup Bird were laid off via a two-minute Zoom webinar last week in which a, quote, robotic-sounding disembodied voice, end quote, informed staffers that their roles would be affected by a mass layoff. According to the to Dot LA. 406 employees between 30 and 40% of Bird's workforce were invited to a Zoom webinar called COVID-19 Update, 
last Friday morning, giving them no indication that they were about to be laid off. The meeting reportedly started with five minutes of silence before a woman's voice came on the webinar. She said it was a suboptimal way to deliver this message before stating that there had been a decision to eliminate a number of roles at the company. Unfortunately, your role is impacted by this decision, she said. And I'll stop. I'll end quote there. Wow. Right? Yeah. Like saying it's suboptimal gives you a pass to do it. Well, well I think so. The wait, that's the, like the, that's like saying, hey, listen, I know I'm going to pass win in this closed car that we can't roll the <laughs> windows down on. But I'm just going to do it anyway. I yeah, mean, this is well, a fart in church. The this way this went bad. down. So, well, and, and, and I don't, I don't necessarily have a better recommendation at the, at the moment. I could probably could think of something, but uh, they they titled the Zoom webinar "COVID nineteen update." So this is like total blindsiding. It seems, um, you know, in terms of the title of the webinar, and you know, they had no indication this was going to happen, and they get hit with it. So let me uh, continue with this quote from the the Daily Beast article. And I quote, the woman's voice reportedly sounded like she was choking up towards the end. Affected employees were locked out of their bird issued computers about 10 minutes after the webinar started and employees who weren't working at the time reportedly found out about layoffs through a news article. Bird founder Travis Vander Zanden claimed on Twitter that the webinar was not pre-recorded and said video was turned off so the process could be, quote, more humane. In retrospect, we should have made one-on-one calls to the hundreds impacted over the course of a few days, he wrote. In a statement, the company said layoffs were, quote, never easy or comfortable to do, and they wish that the entire situation could have been avoided, end quote. So obviously a tough situation. They had to lay off some people for financial reasons, but it seems like a pretty bad way to go about it. And this is, you know, to the extent that it became a, a fairly big news article uh, a number of months ago when this happened. Yeah, in retrospect. In retrospect, you shouldn't have been a numbskull, man, and found somebody to help you through this. So when we the, when we talk about these issues, sometimes people are like, well, duh. But mm-hmm. we continually see large organizations impale themselves on some things that, and here's the deal, that there's actually evidence-based research around it. So that's, that's what we're going to bring to you today. So Right. And I just want to hone in on one other thing you just said, which was, hey, you know, they, they should have talked to some people or gotten some guidance on this, because when you're in the situation, like just to maybe try to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to the executives and the people who are trying to lay off these people at this company, you know, they were likely facing a situation that they didn't like, that they they didn't anticipate that had them emotionally flooded and they probably weren't thinking super clearly at the moment. That's where if you get some outside perspective and expertise to help guide you through these tough situations, you can somehow, and oftentimes, I think, avoid some of these minefields that await you. You know, you and I have, have worked with executives who are going through tough situations and, and helping them at least talk through and think through how they want to approach things like firing people, things like layoffs. And uh, these are tough situations, but sometimes some external, you know, disinterested parties, and I mean disinterested in terms of impartial parties, uh, can be really important to this whole process. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine, you, you know, your spouse or somebody you care about in surgery, and the surgeon comes down outside, right? We expect a level of professionalism if he's got sure. some bad noise. But what if he just decides to Zoom call you instead? 
Or what if he comes out to the waiting room and shrieks and starts crying and falls into the ball on the floor? Like, you'd just be like, what the heck is wrong with you, man? Get up. Where is your <laughs> discipline? You know, it's like, this is just a lack of freaking discipline. And, the, and but to put on the sympathetic side, right? These, these guys didn't have a, they knew they had to get to the other side of this chasm of bad right. news. And to their credit, they crashed through rather than just sending out an email and never answering calls, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they don't get a zero out of 10. Yeah, they tried. But, but you can get a 10 out of 10 on this. And this is what, what we um, yeah. are talking about. So let me, let me talk about a Weight Watchers example. This was Weight another- Weight Watchers. So right. and I, I, Oprah, I think, is on the board of directors of Weight Watchers. So if anybody knows Oprah- uh, I think they just call it- Don't show. they just call themselves WW now or something? Anyway, I, go, I don't whatever. Know. I, Same company. Yeah, go for I, it. I don't know if they'd let me in a Weight Watchers meeting. And be like, this jack wagon's a total disruption. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm just going to eat these cookies while we talk about weight loss. Is that yeah. all right? <laughs> so what's their story with regard right. to uh, some bad news? Yeah, so so here's a quote uh, from a New York Times article on the firing. So I'm just going to focus on an individual's experience here of something that maybe wasn't the best. So she listened as her boss, reading from a script, said she and the other employees on the Zoom call were being fired effective when the three-minute session ended. It was one of numerous Zoom calls that occurred simultaneously across the country, resulting in the firing of an undisclosed number of Weight Watcher employees. Quote, I was like, what just happened? Said Mrs. Patton, 59, who was a part-time employee for nearly 11 years. It's a long time, man. She liked working there, right? Quote, I put a call into my territory manager and said, what was that? Are you kidding me? That's how you're going to fire me after all these years? This is supposed to be a caring wellness corporation, said Miss Patton, who said she would have preferred to be let go in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her boss. The way they did it, it was just heartless. Yeah. And you know what's interesting, I think, about our reaction, and I, I would assume many of our listeners' reaction, and certainly Ms. Patton's reaction to these situations, is it's about, it's, it's, not just about the fact that they're being let go or that layoffs were happening, but it's the way in which it happened, right? That really matters. And we're going to focus a lot on that here because that is a lot of, of how you can approach delivering bad news a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so like when you hire somebody on that new hire paperwork, just have, if you ever have to get laid off, would you like to be laid off on A, a Zoom meeting? <laughs> B, it part, no, don't do this. <laughs> That's bad, bad onboarding advice. Tell us how you would like us to fire you. But we, we terminated you according to the document you signed five years ago. <laughs> oh, good grief. Oh, gosh. So we're, of course, drawing from the research on this whole topic. And we found a number of good articles out there. And uh, one of them comes from the Journal of Management a number of years ago, but still very relevant and, uh, you know, this one's by Robert Bees of uh, Georgetown University. It's called The Delivery of Bad News in Organizations, a Framework for Analysis. We'll post a link to that in the show notes. It's a good review article, cites a bunch of research. And one of the uh, areas that this, this uh, article cites and talks about is just kind of what happens with bad events and how we perceive them. And interestingly, the way we perceive bad events is that they tend to wear off more slowly than those good ones, right? I mean, I think this is anecdotally true if we think about ourselves and 
stuff that's happened in our lives, those bad events, they can stick around. They sting pretty badly, uh, even more so than, you know, maybe we remember those good ones. Uh, you know, we have stronger emotional or affective responses to negative information than we do with good information. We oftentimes kind of catastrophize or we overestimate the effects it's going to have on us and it's going to last longer. And then, you know, when we have those those bad events that are in close relationships, gosh, those are powerful, right? Those are much more powerful than the good ones. Yeah. And really, this is all about relationships. And, we, you know, we talk about this all the time. You know, I know MBA teach people to think about how many widgets an hour and do all these, you know, lean six, you know, you've got all this process oriented stuff, but there's real people attached to this organization. So just like you have family relationships, just like you have neighbor relationships, our work relationships are an important defining piece of our life. We spend so much time here. So I want to say that piece again, bad events and close relationships are five times as powerful as good events. So if you've not been a numbskull and curated a good culture, right, you actually made some place that people really want to work and stay at, these bad events such as terminations, which let's be honest, the economic reality are driving a lot of good places to just have to either close their doors entirely, which a lot of them have done, or they're going to have to do some layoffs. And, I, and, and this can be any kind of bad news. The project didn't go as planned. Um, we lost a key customer and are now not going to be able to expand into a new territory. So it could be all those things. But the point is, is this is a relationship bond that people have. As much as we try to be stone cold cool and pretend like, eh, it's a job. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. transactional. The, the data doesn't bear that out. We form relationships with the people that we're around with, whether we, you know, we, there's always a numbskull in church youth group. Right. And everybody's like, yeah, it's the numbskull. Right. But you got to be nice to him because that's the Christian way. But then that numbskull moves to another state. And one day somebody's like, you know, I kind of miss that guy. <laughs> you know, it, it, these relationships forms. Yeah. And so we should think like when we're at holiday events where we got the, like the drunk uncle syndrome and you got all this stuff. These are actual relationships. And we need to curate our behavior as a relationship and not a transaction. Right. And it's interesting, you know, even if we go back to Ms. Patton's uh, reaction to being laid off from Weight Watchers, you know, part of it that what she says in, in that quote was, that's how you're going to fire me after all these years. And you can see reflected in that quote, this sentiment that we had a relationship. There was a, a you know, a, a, a contract, so to speak, a psychological contract that between us that was shattered. And, uh, you know, the research also suggests that if you do the, uh, you know, these activities in terms of delivering bad news, you do them well, if you do a good job delivering bad news, you'll have some more po positive outcomes. And these are positive things like a more positive view of the news, um, less anger and blame, uh, a greater sense of fairness, and people will have a higher approval of the person who had to deliver that news. So, Let's talk a little bit now about this is again coming from the Robert B's article. Uh, you know, some of these different bad news management activities that kind of go through some different phases uh, with regard to delivering bad news in organizations. Yeah. So, you know, okay, we'll just throw out the three phases and we'll talk about yep. them a little bit. So we got preparation. Like if you're not preparing for this and you just flippantly lay people off, go do push ups. Yeah. Don't yeah, wing I, it. 
If you can't be smart, you'll at least be strong, right? That's what we <laughs> that's, say here. That's stinking th- that's stinking thinking. <laughs> stinking thinking, right. All right. So you need to prepare. And like what if some of that stuff is like giving advance warning, right? You know, using some disclaimers around this, right? All that kind of stuff. Rehearse what you're gonna say. Don't just wing it, right? This isn't a presidential debate. No, I'm just kidding. Uh delivery. Right. So you you prepare, then you actually deliver the bad news. And then after that, you've got some transition time. Right. So the delivery stuff, you got to be thinking about, well, what's the best way to do this? Maybe not Zoom. Right. Yeah. Well, let's start with that preparation phase. What are some of the activities that are involved there? Yeah. Uh, Well, give an advance warning. You know, don't mislabel your event. COVID-19 update. Ha ha. Just kidding. Layoff update. Oh, no. They're so like. (laughs) Yeah. At that point, everybody knows you're tone deaf and a jack wagon, right? Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily label the event like mass layoff announcement. I would but I would not I would try not to be misleading. I wouldn't have it be COVID-19 update. I would have it be something about you know something like the organization update or organization news or I know something. But um I don't have a great answer. You can answer even right give now, a precursor. But, it's like, hey guys, there's some massive yeah. changes related to COVID or something, or hey guys. We have some not so good news, but we want to get everybody in so we can hear it at the same time. You know, these these are right. better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, some other things around calibrating expectations, I think, goes along with that. Um, and, and this can also be helped by being a little bit more transparent in your general leadership and management of the organization anyway, so that employees don't think that the organization is doing amazingly well. And then you have layoffs. Right. There should be some interaction there. So people should have some idea of how things are going. Um, providing the opportunity for voice. This means letting people speak up um, and, you know, do a little bit of preparation and rehearsal even. Uh, you know, these are going to be, this is going to be tough for you. Uh, I talk about this with uh, MBA students in terms of, you know, how, it, what they're going to have to go through if they have to fire someone. And, uh, you know, I say, look, you may want to, you know, rehearse this a little bit. You have a checklist here. Don't try to wing this. You know, you want to stay, uh, stay focused and you want to do it the right way. And your emotions can kind of get the best of you and you won't be thinking super clearly, especially if you aren't real practice at this. So preparation is key. Then there's delivery. What are some bad management or bad news management activities uh, with regard to delivery? Well, yeah, like we were saying, like maybe Zoom, like the medium of delivery, yeah. like what, how you're going to do it. You know, is that one on one? Is that do you have maybe you and somebody from HR there? Um, and, and, you know, just to get the focus off of layoffs and stuff, but like. If you got to tell your boss some really bad news, like, hey, the factory plant lost four hours of their shift last night because of a power thing. Maybe you have a couple people there with you. Like, because one of the things in prep you can talk about is coalition building. Hey, we need to understand what really went down so that we have an accurate description to give when we have to deliver that bad news. So in that delivery, you know, hey, should we catch that the boss at the front of the day? Or does he have that key meeting and we should talk to him afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. So just timing, you know, if everybody's been a kid and broke the vase in their house and had to tell mom and and then, you know, probably get a spanking or something. But you're like, let's see, there's some consequence to this news. Right. Maybe we pick a good time for it, right? Yeah. And another piece of this delivery that we'll talk about a little bit in, in, later in the episode is how you... Uh, disclose information and what types of explanations you provide. 
uh, that could be really important to this delivery piece. And then there's a transition piece. And again, we're focusing more internally. So, you know, there's things like scapegoating, blaming people within the organization. Um, this which, happened. Uh, it was Ben's fault. Fire yeah. Ben, not me. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that, that can be a tricky one uh, in terms of, you know, you, you can create some internal division that way. Um, but, you know, then just treating people with care. If you are laying people off, not to harp too much on that example, but, you know, how are you going to let the, these people leave with dignity and respect and and have some sort of uh, of way of doing that that shows that you care, um, as, as tough as that is? Okay, so we've talked about uh, how sharing bad news is hard and painful, but it's necessary. We gave you some examples. Let's move now to this idea of fairness and why and how fairness really matters with regard to sharing bad news. Yeah. And so, you know, if you guys are regular listeners to the podcast, we care about values and who you are as a person. And you got to be a numbskull to not want to be considered a fair person. Right. Mm -hmm. But in fact, everything we talked about in the preparation, delivery and transition phases was about having integrity, being a leader and valuing other people. And one of the ways we value them is being freaking fair right? right yeah you know when uh scholars study fairness in organizations we call it organizational justice and we break it down into generally four different categories we talk about distributive justice which is like who gets what allocation of resources and so forth we talk about procedural justice which is the procedures around how decisions are made and then we talk about what we call interactional justice, which has two kind of subcomponents, informational and uh, interpersonal justice. And the, the, probably the ones that matter the most with regard to how you share bad news are procedural justice and this idea of interactional justice. And so some key takeaways for uh, leaders out there and with regard to sharing bad news is you still need to treat people with dignity and respect and politeness. That really matters. How you go about delivering the message is very, very important. And sometimes it's just something like the medium, like doing this via Zoom, or maybe that's the only option for you, but maybe there's some ways to do it a little bit better. Uh, you know, tricking people with the name of the Zoom session, like that may not be treating people with the most dignity and respect. Um, that's a really important component. Yeah. And, you know, just a lot of your behavior goes here. This is just like being a human. One of the things is distancing behavior. Everybody's worked for a boss where like, ooh, a person's staying distance right now. Mm. And um, then you're like, oh, am I on the chopping block? You start to get maybe insecure about maybe I'm not going to get a promotion or raise or something. So, you know, like this is more than just the words you use. You got to take a holistic humanitarian approach, you know, to this. So one of the things... Um, in uh the in the research is those distancing behaviors can convey a lack of respect for the person that can parallel a violation of interpersonal justice right so yeah, yeah i mean you, you just got the ways that you behave need to be considered yeah that's right that's right and so we're, we're actually drawing from another article uh in the in the research on this um that's uh, it's in the journal of business ethics and we will post a link to that in the, in the show notes but yeah, it, it shows how this uh, this whole distancing behavior can really make people feel like they're not being treated fairly. And then uh, refusals, which is when you give 
uh, minimal or no explanation regarding a decision. You just say, this is what it is. This is the decision. It's final. Nothing more. That also can make people feel like their their sense of informational justice is being violated because they're not given being given any explanation for why uh, something is happening or how the process was uh, implemented to make a decision about something. So, um, you know, treating people with dignity and respect and politeness, that's very important. That's one piece of justice here and fairness. The other piece is about sharing information and doing this without manipulation, uh, doing this in a way also that provides some explanation for the decisions, you know, and this is the whole basis behind procedural justice. You know, we really do care who gets what in organizations. Uh, that's what we call distributive justice, but we actually care even a little bit more about the procedures that were used to decide who gets what, the procedures that were decide that, that were used to decide, you know, who got laid off and who didn't, or any other type of decision in an organization. So providing some explanation is very important. Process really matters and explaining it really matters. Yeah. And don't make this stuff up, guys. Telling yeah. the truth is important. Which you means know, you need to have good processes and procedures in place to begin with, right? <laughs> right. Like, you you got to tell the truth. Like, if the baloney comes out later, later you're a liar, man. Yeah. Like, that, that's your brand now. Is This is the brand of liars. And and sadly, we expect that some, from some organizations. It's like, guys, I'm laying you off because if I don't keep my profits high, I can't make my yacht payment. Well, <laughs> that's probably not good because the, the whole thing about culture and what you're as you have a transcendent mission as an organization that's something worth doing and when people say like i want to work there because they're doing something worth doing you know what i'm even willing to take some menial menial garbage job or something that's very tedious and repetitive maybe not it's definitely not investment banker or something right because i so believe in the mission of this place right and then right. if you if if then you you fed them a lie about your mission and it was really about your yacht, well man, go do push-ups again. That's just another another one. You gotta truth tell here. Yeah. I mean, when times are easy, when you know times are good, it's it's very, very easy to have those core values up on the wall and say, Yes, you know, everyone's happy and we're making tons of money and times are good. And these are the things we care about. Those really get tested though when times are tough, when you have to deliver bad news. You know, I'm just thinking about those times maybe as a leader that I have had to share bad news maybe with my boss, you know, that, hey, this project isn't going as well as we thought it was. Or maybe, uh, you know, you have a person who did something wrong and that person has to be dealt with. Um, there are all kinds of situations in which this happens. And you want to create an environment. We'll talk about this here in a few moments, a little bit more, but you want to create an environment in which people are willing to share that, that information, that they're not feeling like they have to be silent. Uh, so fairness really matters, especially this procedural and what we call interactional justice uh, with regard to sharing bad news. Keep those in mind. So let's turn our attention now to some implications for people, leaders, and organizations. Yeah, but first, guys, we got to tell you, we love doing this podcast, it, and it's really taken off thousands of thousands of downloads a month. But we want to say that the podcasting landscape is crowded, and you know, in talking with some media gurus out there, uh, we kind of need to advertise in order to get our word out to more people. 
Uh, so, you know, if you find value in what we do and believe the world would be a better place with more people listening to the Indigo podcast, there's a couple things we want you to do. Hey, you guys, subscribe and share on social media. All of them. LinkedIn, Twitter. That That's how the word gets out. And don't just retweet or something. If there's something impactful you took from an episode, go ahead and say, hey, Check this out because of this. You know, second, we would ask you to consider making a donation. We love what we're doing. Well, we want to expand our reach. Um, and your donation can make this a reality. So, guys, you need to go to www.indigotogether.com. And there's a donate button there. Just click on it and just follow the steps. It's easy as that. And as always, contact us at indigotogether.com. Uh, there's a contact button there or indigotogether.com slash contact and give us your feedback, ideas, suggestions, and questions. Now, I know a lot of you are execs, right? It's, we get, because uh, they come through, like the level of CEOs and VPs and directors and stuff that are writing us, we know that it is heavily slanted to this this group and that you guys are super busy, but help us out. Yeah. Yeah. Jack wagons are getting it for free. <laughs> help us out by spreading the word. All right. So thanks so much. Yeah. Let's get back to it, though. So some implications for people, leaders and organizations with regard to sharing bad news in organizations. Um, so some things you can do as an individual, you know, first of all, assess the culture of your organization. You know, if it's if it's bad, if it's toxic, um, you know, you're going to have to try to understand that and have some social skill uh, in order to keep things on an even keel. Uh, and along the way, though, don't sacrifice your integrity. Yeah, the integrity's that's the one thing you got when you're sitting alone on your porch reflecting on your life. Don't be thinking, gosh, I am such a massive turd, you know? You know, just don't do it. Just be proud of who you are. Yeah, also make sure that you need to uh you're following any kind of legal implications, you know what's going to happen, you have um, kind of some calibration in line with all of that. Uh, if you have like some non-disclosures in place and and those types of items. Right. So, and if you're a leader in an organization, this is a time that not only can you take the stuff that you're learning on this episode and the evidence-based literature on how to deliver bad news, you can help others deliver bad news. So if you're a VP and you got to equip your directors to go deliver the bad news, you can coach them on delivery and support them when and how necessary. Don't just let them walk the plank on this. Ensure their success by stepping up to the plate and helping them be successful. Yeah. You know, when coming going through these tough times when you may have to deliver some sort of bad news, be it about a project not going well or a broken piece of equipment or a personnel issue or layoffs, uh, this is a time when you can get the team together and decide together how to address things. Um, you know, this isn't some sort of coming together to get your stories straight, <laughs> but instead it's trying to get a good view of what happened, what's going on and how you need to communicate with everyone around you up, down and to the side uh, so that you can uh, withstand the scrutiny that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, this is called coalition building and you should do this anyway. You should coalition build around good projects and you should also coalition around the talking about challenging subjects at work. I've seen some of this. So it's like, I'll just take it on the chin. Like they go that where we see generally we see avoidant uh, behaviors. We'll see, you know, CEOs like this is me. This is my responsibility. And sometimes it's not. And you really look not. Right? We're talking about telling the truth. If it's really not you, don't be. It's all me like some sacrificial lamb. 
because that sets up another norm uh, that's not telling the truth or mm. trying to virtue signal that uh, don't go to that side of the equation either. Right. You already mentioned this, Chris, but I think another thing leaders can do is, you know, this is a key moment for you to model and coach others on how to do this, right? So helping the people beneath you, developing your team in terms of how do we, uh, pre you know, prepare, deliver, and deal with uh, bad news when it happens. Um, that's a key educational moment in the organization. And this is, you know, we harp on this all the time and shamelessly do so. Remember to bake in values all along the way. This is a time where you help people because, right, we're continually honing and developing our moral compass. So this is an excellent way to help others develop the moral compass. You are concerned about baking your values into your organization. How you handle these difficult conversations and bad news, right, will help instill that, which talking about values, right? Fairness, right, Ben? That's right. You know, we talked about how the research strongly uh, suggests this idea that fairness matters. It matters with regard to a number of things in organizations, but with regard to delivering bad news, it's very, very important. And here's the funny thing. Uh, it's not just that you think something's fair. Fairness is subjective. You know, this is one of those in the eye of the beholder type things. So this is doing... a gift. You, yeah. You, unless your wife is a fly fishing nut, you don't get her a fly fishing rod for her birthday. <laughs> right. Like this is I mean, and it almost becomes campy. But this is the idea of seeing other people as a, a, a relationship that's worth having. Right. And so, you know, this is something that, it, you know, it needs to feel fair to them. And this really starts way before you ever have to share bad news. It starts with building trust. It starts with building good relationships because then you are seen as a credible source, as an honest broker of information. If you haven't built those relationships, if you haven't developed that reputation through your communication and through your leadership style, then delivering bad news is going to be an uphill battle for you. So you've got to start there. Um, then when you actually do deliver bad information, be polite, treat people with dignity and respect, and provide explanations about how the decision was made and what needs to happen next and those types of details with regard to the decision. And be truthful with those details. Don't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So organizations, right? So if you have command over a large portion of the organization, if you're the head of HR, people ops, or something like that, you've got to create an environment where calibrated mistakes and those kinds of things can be made. You do want people to share bad news with you as a leader. Don't like, you don't want people sweeping stuff under the rug and pretending, oh, nothing to see here. All good. And uh, let's get another job before this one blows up. You know, that that's not what you want to do. Now, there is reason why you can terminate somebody for some really bad news where that was just failure all along the way. Sure. But when we talk about the fairness stuff, like it needs to be fair, like, Hey, I delivered some bad news. It was kind of nobody's fault, or it was we made the mistakes here and here. This is how we learned we're going to fix it. You need to have a culture to where you're just not scapegoating people and like firing them to put fear into people's lives to do better next time. That's right. You know, I think about the times in which I've been in leadership situations and roles, and you know, one one of my biggest fears, I suppose, is that. Uh, people might be unwilling to share bad news with me. So I try to go out of my way to really try to, you know, encourage that type of information sharing. And when someone comes to you with some bad news, 
be it a, a mistake that they made, be it about something else with regard to you know a project or something else that's going on in your team or your organization, you can't react in you know some sort of uh, highly negative way, you know, quote unquote, shooting the messenger. Because if you do, then that's the last time that person's ever going to bring bad news to you, um, or it might be. Uh, it also could be a signal to other people in the organization that, hey, we just don't talk about bad news. We just keep it quiet. And here's the thing. You you can you can do that to people, right? But here the bad the bad stuff still happens. <laughs> you can either know about it or not know about it. And, and my position is that as a leader and a manager, you want to know about these things. Yeah. And so and the higher up you go in an org, the more risk there is. Right. You know, I, I heard that the new the latest Ford CEO just got toasted, right? Not going to mm -hmm. work there anymore. So you have higher exposure to risk. So if you're stepping out of that manager into that director or VP role, this is why you cannot just be focused on the performance of your team. They're going to do stuff. Great. They can now crank out 20% more widgets and you added 5% to the bottom line. You got to curate this culture that we're talking about along the way. You may come into an organization and they may not have that culture. Well, if you do you want to be judged by a bad culture around bad news? No. So you better start immediately. And this is why, you know, this kind of soft and kind of hidden in the eye of the sun, why these elements are important for new executives. You've got to curate that culture so that when something happens, because bad news will happen to everybody. If you haven't hit it, you're probably going to get it like all in a three month period of time, <laughs> right? You'll revert to the mean here, guys. So the deal is, if you're curating that culture around bad news and the norms there, that when stuff happens, that's actually a safety net for you. Because the higher up you go, you, the more risk and exposure you have at those decisions. And that's why they're paying you the big bucks, is to take that risk on and manage it well. Right. And you want people to be sharing little pieces of bad news with you before it turns into some catastrophe. Right, right. Where it's like, oh, now we really can't avoid this. We've been scared to tell the boss for so long, but now we got to tell the boss. Uh, and then it's something that's unavoidable. Uh, you know, this is also a really interesting um, kind of decisive type of moment when you have to share bad news for you as a as a leader, you know, because this impacts your brand. It can also certainly as the organization in, influence your overall reputation. Uh, and these also become organizational artifacts of culture. Uh, where these are the stories that are told about, hey, Ro, remember when that happened and how they handled that? That becomes something that communicates values, be they good values or not good values. And so you need to keep that in mind when you're thinking about how you're going to deliver bad news. Yeah, all this stuff gets put up on like Glassdoor.com now. You know, all your the people you fire and the people you retain are writing about you all the time. You know, Ben, I mean, you've got RateMyProfessor.com. There's yeah. all kinds of nobody uses that anymore, but there are lots of ways in which right. they, they probably could tell me bad things about me. I, I'm dated <laughs> on that one, huh? It's yeah. like, <laughs> is time. my professor hot or not? <laughs> and yes, Ben is hot. You should take his classes. But so the thing is, is this the people are going to talk about you. And so you need to be. And here's the thing. If you're faking this, all this stuff is going to fall through the cracks. You're never going to be able to triage. This is why you have to do that inner character work, develop that moral compass, be the culture you want to have. All that stuff has to be real. So when something comes out of the blue and you got to riff it, you don't have all this preparation time. Well, your your habits help you sail through to the other side. Yeah. 
You know, another piece of this is just, you know, going back to how do you want to run your organization? How do you want to live your life, so to speak? How do you want to be remembered? And with regard to the sharing of uh, bad news, you know, you are impacting other people's lives. So take responsibility for that and do it the right way. Um, this is really a time to show how you as an organization are going to live to up to your values or not. Uh, and this is a time when you can really have that large impact morally on your teams and the people within them. Yeah. So today on the episode, we kind of went through a gauntlet of things about challenging items in your life, specifically dealing with bad news. And I view this as like being on a team, right? You don't want to just go rehearse in the team. You actually want to play some games. And this is the game of navigating work and life, right? And so when these tough times come, when you've got to deliver bad news, look on it as this is a time for me to shine and prove all the character I've been developing along the way. Right. And this is kind of a muscle that you develop, I think, as a leader. Uh, the more times that you, you know, the first time that you have to go share some bad news or report something or deal with that, you know, and you don't know how the boss is going to react, it probably will, will feel monumental to you. It might be a little scary. But believe me, you've got to, you know, have some integrity, do the right thing, deliver the news the right way, um, and you'll be glad for it after the fact. And it also, you know, gets easier because you start to exercise that that moral muscle, I suppose, uh, of, of delivering things the right way and, and being true to who you are. Yeah. So today on our episode, Breaking Bad, news, news. that is, a how-to <laughs> guide, <laughs> We talked about sharing how sharing bad news is hard and painful, but it's necessary. And obviously, we focus on communicating internally, right? Not PR. And we talked why about why and how fairness matters with regard to sharing bad news and implications for people, leaders, and organizations. Thanks for listening to the Indigo Podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us by rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen telling your friends about us, having us on your podcast, or mentioning us on social media. Our website is www.indigopodcast.com, where you can access more information about us and this episode. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking with you again soon.